Coming up in this episode of An Older Gay Guy Show, suddenly her head pops up out, out of the door and she's covered in blood. Hey everyone, Joey Hernandez here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope y'all had an awesome Thanksgiving. Paco and I had a great time with my family. It was the largest family gathering I had been to in well over 30 years. But, but, it was challenging, to say the least. And I'm going to tell you all about why it was challenging. You know that normally I am really up on aging. I'm always happy of, oh yes, I can't wait to get older. Oh, my 60s are coming in just a few months. I can't wait to get into that. It's Life is good. Aging's great. Well, today I'm in a little bit more of a aging sucks kind of attitude where my mindset is just looking forward to now my balls dragging on the floor underneath the wheels of my scooter as I dart around inside Walmart, desperately searching for over-the-counter reading glasses in 9.75 strength and being in a pissy mood the entire time because I went tinkle in my adult diaper. That's the kind of attitude I have today. And I'm going to tell you why. And you can file this under the Joey is a fucking idiot episode category. Because <laughs> 10 days ago, <laughs> horrible things have occurred. I'm going to tell you all about that. Don't you look forward to that? Yeah. Hey, yeah, Joey, entertain the fuck out of us with your pathetic stories. Please, please give us more. My name is Joey Hernandez, and this is Aging Angst, Season 3, Episode 8, of course, of An Older Gay Guy Show. You know, it's days like today when I do realize why advertisers are not lined up to become a part of my podcast, because they know that on any given day, I'm going to change their nicely worded advertisement into something along the lines of, yeah, this product sucks. Yeah, go ahead. They're paying me money to talk about it. It's a piece of shit. It really doesn't work. But hey, if you want to waste your money and buy it, go fucking go ahead. I don't give a fuck if you do. Oh, sounds like a Hallmark card, doesn't it? <laughs> that should be your Christmas card. I don't fucking like you. I don't fucking ever want to talk to you, but I hope you have a fucking Merry Christmas. <sighs> okay. This is what happened 10 days ago. And you may remember that almost exactly to the day a year ago, this same fucking thing happened to me. And so you think I would have learned... Don't you think I would have learned, huh? Don't you? Don't you? 
I should have written it 1,000 times on a chalkboard over and over again until it was drilled into this dense piece of shit brain that I have. So 10 days ago, which was Saturday the 16th, I was headed to the gym for a great cardio workout and some more time in the sauna where I could get my health even better and sweat out toxins and sit and contemplate the great things that I want to talk about in this podcast. Haha, <laughs> yes. Well, I got to the gym after walking about 20 minutes and feeling really energized. It was Saturday late morning, about 11 o'clock. Things were good. Couldn't wait. I check into the gym, beep my little card in, and go through the double door that goes down this hallway. Now, the hallway goes down past the pool, which is on the left, and the cardio and weight room, which is on the right. And then at the end of the hallway, it turns to the left, and there's a bank of vending machines, some chairs, and you go down that way to get into the locker rooms. So I had on my army jacket, I had on my backpack, I had my headphones on, I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast, everything was great, it was an awesome day, the sun was shining, oh, this is going to be just the greatest weekend leading up to Thanksgiving. And then I started down this hallway, and just as it took a left, me being me, me lost somewhere in my brain thinking about what Joe Rogan's saying and thinking about what I'm going to do in the gym and thinking about life and Thanksgiving and Christmas and 2018 and the next century. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking about, but I was pleasantly in my headspace. And as I took that corner to the left, there was some water on the floor and the gym uniquely chose to put the floor wet, slippery when wet sign, which is a yellow kind of sign, way on the other side of where the water is. Thinking, oh yeah, that's, people are surely going to see that even though this is like so far beyond the water that it doesn't make any sense. And as I took that corner, (laughs) my feet slipped out from under me completely to the left And my body was airborne for a moment, kind of thought of myself like a little Sister Betrill flying nun kind of thing for a second. And then, wham! The right side of my body, my right shoulder, my right arm, slammed down onto this very hard tile floor, which I'm pretty sure I can attest that it's over cement, based on how my body kind of bounced off of that as it hit with all this force. And so I'm laying there (laughs) in the water, (laughs) and I go to get up, and I have this knife stabbing in my shoulder pain. You know, like, the you remember Psycho uh, scene where they... Uh, where the curtain's ripped open and Janet Lee's in the shower and you see this knife plunging in and you hear, okay, well, that was happening somehow inside my shoulder complex while I was trying to get up. And so I thought, well, I can't get up. Shit, fuck, I've fallen and I can't get up kind of thing. So I think to myself, as I'm laying there, I'll just stay here 
because within a few minutes, surely someone will be along that could help me. Well, no, there weren't, and don't call me Shirley, because I was laying there for a good two minutes at least. Nobody was coming down the hallway. I couldn't get up. So I pulled out my phone, and I think, okay, I'll call the front desk and ask them to please come down and pick me up off the floor. <laughs> Sounded good, right? But then I thought, no, you know what? My left side is fine. I'll just roll onto my left side and climb up off the floor. So I rolled my body to the left, and I go to push myself up, and my right shoulder is just throbbing and knifing right into it. It, it was incredible pain. I have never felt this kind of pain before. I managed to get myself up somehow, and I'm thinking, okay, I really should probably report this. Yes, that would be a good idea. I should go to the desk and I should report this. So I go back down to the front desk, and as I walk up to the desk, now this is Saturday morning about 11 o'clock, and there tend to be a lot of young people that work the front desk, and there was like four people working the desk and all doing various things. And I'm standing there and I'm holding my right arm with my left hand so it's in a stable position because anytime it moved a little bit to one side or backwards or forward, I'd get that stabbing pain. So I'm standing there, oh, ever, ever so patiently waiting for them to finish yakking with these people. And they just keep talking <laughs> and they keep dealing with shit. So I say in uh, an average voice, uh, excuse me, could I interrupt somebody? I've had an accident and I need some help. And nobody did anything. They kept doing what they're doing. So <laughs> I was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched Designing Women and saw Suzanne Sugarbaker, but I was kind of like, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and and they all turn towards me and I'm standing there and I'm like, I've had an accident. Could someone help me please? And they're all sitting there staring at me. So I say, um, now could someone help me now? So this girl goes and gets a clipboard where there's an accident report on it and starts filling out the stuff while she's standing at the desk. And I'm like, I, I can't stand up. I, I need to sit down, please. I really need to sit down. So she took me into this hallway and she sat me down. I somehow got my backpack off my back because it had still been on there the entire time. And I wasn't able to move my shoulder enough to get it off. So she helped me and I got the backpack off and I sat down and we filled out the stupid form. And she said, do you need EMTs? And I'm like, no, I, I, nothing's broken. I can tell nothing's broken. It's probably just ligaments and tendons that got fucked up. So they gave me some ice and I said, I think I'm going to go still try to do the treadmill for a few minutes. And then I'm going to go in the sauna. And I know the sauna heat is going to really help my, you know, muscles and ligaments and tendons just to relax and get some blood in there to begin to help the healing. So... I headed off, went into the locker room. It took me at least 10 minutes to manage to get my jacket off and into a locker and my bag put up there. 
And so I went to the treadmill. I, I only did about 10 minutes or so because at the incline that I do the treadmill, which is the maximum incline, you kind of need to have both arms touching the sides of the treadmill a little bit while you do it. Otherwise, you're at such a steep incline, your body falls backwards. So I couldn't hold on with my right arm at all. I had to do it all with my left and it was turning my body. I, I just didn't have the right gait walking on the treadmill. So I said, fuck this. And I went in and again, 10 minutes to like get my t-shirt off and my pants off. And then I went in the sauna for a while. That seemed to help. Unfortunately, there were a couple guys that had wandered in while I was in there and those poor guys, unfortunately, had to hear my story, of course, <laughs> because I was in pain and fucking somebody was going to listen to my story. So after that, I took a shower, which was, again, quite difficult because I couldn't prop myself against the wall with my right arm when I, like, lifted my foot up to wash the bottom of my foot or anything like that. So it wasn't the easiest. Then I had to go through the process of trying to get a t-shirt back over my head and my jacket on and then gritted my teeth as I threw my backpack somehow onto me, even though, again, the pain was excruciating. So I left, came home, Paco was all taking care of me the rest of the day. And uh, unfortunately, this is definitely a long-term injury. I really fucked myself up when I fell. Now, I know a bunch of you are going to write to me and say, you slipped on water in the gym, you have every right to try to sue them. Well, yes, I probably do and probably could. But the fact of the matter is, is that I am well documented in my medical records about the fact that I have neuropathy and I have a balance problem to begin with. And even though it was water that I slipped on and my feet slid out from under me, it would be difficult to try to prove that I didn't have some sort of negligence in what I was doing because I'm a fucking idiot and I never fucking pay attention to what I'm doing. I just get in my own world and close everything else off, and I don't take the time to look down at the ground, just like I did on Thanksgiving Day a year ago when I fell outside. And should you want to hear all about that annoying story, <laughs> it's back in an episode called 70 Inches Down. So this is going to impact my lifting for months. I've been doing a heating pad with vibration on it as much as I can. I've been taking some Advil, but I don't want to overdo it. So I try to deal with the pain because when you have this kind of injury, pain is an indicator that you are doing something incorrectly. You're, you're pushing yourself too far too fast. And so therefore I try not to take the pain medication during the day because I want to know where my limitations are. And I try to push myself a little bit more each day to try to get a little bit more mobility in that side. But I've had a hard time even with a two-pound dumbbell, just simply two pounds, trying to do a bicep curl on my right side. It, it kills. So I fucked up my lifting for months, which pisses me off to no end. And that made me just completely pig out over Thanksgiving with my family. I was in pain. Nobody could really hug me. I was meeting some new people. I couldn't really shake hands because I'm right-handed and it would kill my shoulder. 
So I was just basically gorging myself with food through Thanksgiving and through the weekend because I was really depressed about now I've totally fucked up my lifting. And that means that as I move towards my 60th birthday, which is coming in the spring, and I wanted to be in the best shape, it's really going to be difficult because of this injury. And I have to rehab myself very carefully so that I can get back to it as soon as possible. But at the same time, I don't want to make the injury worse by going too fast too soon. But overall, I have to say that I really did enjoy Thanksgiving because, again, I, I have not had my family together like this since shortly after my parents died. So it was wonderful to be able to be with younger members of my family that I hadn't even met before. So other than the not being able to hug and shake hands very much, it, it was a wonderful time. I had to ask Paco to please cut up my meat for me <laughs> because... I couldn't use the knife with my right hand. So he he did a little plate for me, just like a little kid, you know. Here you go. And he sat there at the table and like kind of, kind of fed me food. It was it was really cute. because uh, my arm was was in a sling. So the next night, which was Friday night, the day after Thanksgiving, Paco and I are sitting watching TV and it's about eleven o'clock, eleven thirty at night or so. And we hear this incredible noise, this, this noise like an explosion. And we were both like, what the fuck was that? And so I lean forward and I can look out our side window and I say, oh my God, I think there's a car accident out there. So Paco gets up and begins to walk to the front door. And I lean further into the window. My arm again is... is on a heating pad, so I kind of removed the heating pad, and I'm leaning forward, looking out the window, and I yelled to Paco, oh my God, there's a car on its side in the middle of the street. So Paco's putting his shoes on, and I'm putting my shoes on, and he's like, call 911, and he runs out the door, and so I grab my phone, and I dial 911, and I start reporting this as I'm going outside and down our front steps and around the corner so I can see where this accident occurred. And sure enough, there is a small SUV kind of vehicle laying on its side, completely on its side, in the middle of the street. And there's another car that has gone head-on into this huge, huge oak tree that's there. And the, the front of the car that hit the tree was just mangled. So I'm reporting it on to 911 as I'm walking along and obviously people in other houses have heard this and a couple women had come outside and so Paco is ahead and he's just coming up to the vehicle and someone yells there's someone trapped inside I think it's a kid so I'm reporting this to 911 saying somebody just said there was someone trapped inside the car and then um, other people were on their phones and the dispatcher said, oh, we've gotten that call. Someone's on their way. So I hang that up and I walk up to the vehicle and the driver's side door was now flat down against the street. So the passenger door to the car was straight up towards the sky because the car was on its side. So one of the women had managed to kind of open the door slightly, but because of the position of the vehicle where the door was straight up towards the sky, the door was much heavier than if you just opened it 
sideways like you regularly do when a car is, you know, standing on its wheels. So she tries to open the door, but she couldn't manage it. So I go up to the vehicle and I'm thinking, fuck, my, my right arm is killing me. I'm not going to be able to do anything with my right arm. So I take my left arm and I grab the door and I push the door up and open. And this young lady, probably early 20s, suddenly her head pops up out, out of the door and she's covered in blood. She's lost some teeth in the front of her mouth. Um, her, her forehead is bleeding. The blood is just streaming down her face. So she's trying to crawl out. And I'm saying, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Because the car was up so high that she would not have been able to come out the door very easily and down. And I didn't know if somehow she was still in her seatbelt or if some part of her body was trapped. So I said, you know, can you feel everything from your neck down? Can you move your hands? Can you move your feet? And she said, well, one of my feet, something happened to one of my, my, my feet. And so she really couldn't pull herself up anyway, even if she wanted to. So I said, okay, okay, calm down. Everything's okay. They're on their way. Uh, the, the ambulances, the EMTs, everything's coming. So let's just take this slowly. And she kept saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you have to go through this. And I'm like, sweetheart, there's nothing, don't apologize. There's nothing you've done. Just calm down and we're going to take care of this very soon. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And I, I kept saying, you know, stop apologizing. And so Paco got to the back of the vehicle and he managed to open the hatch, which normally when you'd open it would go up towards the, the sky as it opened. But now since the vehicle's on its side, it opened sideways like a door normally would. And Paco, in his pajamas and his robe, is crawling into the vehicle through the back to try to help her. And so she disappeared down from the doorway. But I had no idea if she was going to suddenly pop back up again or if she was going to find that she couldn't move. So I kept holding the door open the entire time with my left arm, knowing that I, there's nothing I can do with my right arm at all. It was so painful just to even be standing there without the sling holding my arm in place. So Paco starts to pull her out the back of the vehicle. At that point, we can hear the fire engines and everything are pulling up. And some guy yells, you know, don't take her out of the vehicle. Leave her there. Just leave her there. We're coming. And so Paco backed up. And at that point, one of the fire guys came over and grabbed the door from me and said, I, I got this. And I said, okay. And I backed up and he let the door close. And so they pulled this poor woman out of the back of the vehicle. Now, throughout this whole time, there is this guy pacing back and forth in the street going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I can't look. Oh my God, oh my God, I, I can't watch this. He, we think... We're not sure. We think he was the driver of the car that hit the tree. And as near as we could kind of put together what he was mumbling about, he lost control of his car. And because of that, she was behind him and tried to swerve. And she turned the wheel so fast, that's why her car flipped. It actually came in contact with the side of his car. And his car ended up going into the tree and her car flipped. So the EMTs are, are taking her out of the vehicle. So at that point, I said to Paco, you know, 
there's, I don't think there's anything else that we can do for her right here. And my arm is, is fucking killing me. You know, I've got to go put it in, in the sling again. So we go back into the house and I'm watching stuff through the window and they pulled her out of the vehicle and they just kept her laying on the ground. They patted her head underneath. They put something under her head. And obviously they were asking her about the conditions of her body and what she could feel and how she was. And then at some point they put her up onto a stretcher and they took her away. And it was another 45 minutes to an hour before the trucks came and uh, the flatbed trucks and were able to get the vehicles onto them and get the glass cleaned up from the street and all of that. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, things, things happen in just weird and sometimes really scary orders in that I would have been able to do so much more if I had had use of my right arm. And if push had come to shove, I had already decided that no matter how much it hurt, if I needed to use my right arm to save this woman's life, to pull her out or to do something, then I was just going to fucking have to bear that. And I was prepared for that. Um, but fortunately, they got there. There was no danger of the car you know, gas tank exploding or anything like that. So, um, I, I just thanked my lucky stars and the universe and God and everything that we were at least able to get out there and to help her a little bit before of the, you know, the, uh, the fire trucks arrived and the EMTs arrived. So yeah, been kind of an interesting few days <laughs> to say the least. I've just been in kind of a depressed mood, but at the same time, I'm just revitalized to try to say, you know what, I'm, I've got to be more careful because not only can this crap that I do, like not paying attention when I walk, not only is that going to continue to impact me because my feet are getting worse and my balance is getting worse, I've got to be careful or I'm, I'm really going to injure something. I could have broken a bone easily in that fall because it was onto the hard tile floor. And fortunately I had my jacket on and that extra padding, I think just helped it a little bit, but not only because of me and the impact that it made to my life in these last 10 days, but if I was needed to really help save this woman's life, I would have had a very difficult time doing that. I don't know, despite pain, if I even would have enough strength in my right arm, like to hold that door open with, with just my right arm. I don't think that would be physically possible. And that would have endangered her, you know, if that door came down while she was trying to crawl out of the vehicle before I stopped her and, and, and had her hold still. So all of that's been in my brain the last week. And, um, it's just, um, the way life is, you know, again, life changes in a second. Once I had checked in at the gym and I was starting down that hallway, everything was great. And a second later, everything was changed for me. And for that woman and for that guy in the car, they were driving and a second later, everything changed for them. And so I think one of the things that I have to, to take away from this, and I just want to kind of pass 
my thoughts on to you is that as we age, we have to be much more careful. I've been a very hyper, fast-moving person all my life. It's part of the reason why I was able to stay in such great shape all the way into my 50s because I had a fast metabolism. I was moving fast. I never really sat still. If I was in a chair, my leg was bouncing. I was really hyper. That's not a good thing to be. That's bad for your health. It's bad to get yourself all wired up like that. You need more time to calm down, to relax, to smell the flowers, and to be careful. And I used to move so quickly that I can't let myself do that anymore as I age. Now that I'm moving into my 60s, now I'm going to start having to be careful that I don't break a bone by a fall. So I have to be careful of that. And as much as I want all of you to start moving and to get out and to do more things and to be adventurous, let me state that safety is always going to be what should be our number one priority. Taking care of ourselves and being careful. Pushing ourselves a little bit in a safe way so that we're moving and we're being active and we're doing things and we're keeping our brain engaged and that we're still growing as human beings. But we have to be careful. And that's the lesson I've learned in the last 10 days. This is Joey Hernandez. Thanks for letting me blow off some steam to you. Hope you're going to have a great week. I'll be back real soon. And I am going to tell you a nice story next time about when I traveled to do some martial arts competitions. And there's quite a little erotic component to that. Thanks so much for joining me. Please subscribe. Please check out the YouTube channel, An Older Gay Guy Show. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye for now. <laughs>